transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition, and I'm so glad you're here. Stick around, and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. Today, I am joined by Brittany Ann. She is an Evangelical Christian Publishers Association best-selling author, speaker, and founder of the popular website, Equipping Godly Women. She loves to challenge, encourage, and equip women to be all in, in faith and family. Her work has been featured on CBN, The Christian Post, Crosswalk, and more. Brittany Ann is married to an incredibly godly husband, and together they have three energetic children. While scripture is full of wisdom and advice, it isn't always easy to know how God's word in the Bible should apply to our lives today. As a result, I believe that many of us Christian women wrestle with the question, what does God want me to do, both in general and in a specific situation that we might be facing every day? So I've asked Brittany to come back on the show and share with us biblical framework and guidelines that can help us hear God's voice, understand his word, and boldly live his will for our own lives today. We're going to be discussing her book, Follow God's Will. I am so excited to be welcoming back uh, my friend Brittany Ann to the podcast today. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm excited for the fall to get started with with September now in place. I've uh, gotten through August, which was the month my son got married. So I'm I'm looking forward to just having a little bit of a slow fall. But I would love to hear um, what you have going on for the fall and what's going on with your ministry. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So this fall, I have a brand new book coming out that I am really excited about called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life, all helping to answer the question of how do we find God's will for our life and how do we live that out, both in the big things such as what job should I take or where should I live or who should I marry, those big questions that we all have from time to time, as well as the really little questions in terms of how do I deal with my niece who's making poor decisions or what do I do if my husband is making poor choices that I don't agree with. How do I live out my faith? How do I be a Christian on a day-to-day basis? What does that look like? So in preparing for this book coming out in October, we have a conference coming up really soon here, September 13th through 15th that I'm really excited about. Sherry, I know that you have said you are excited about this too. Um, It is called the Called to Act Conference. And during this three-day free online conference, we will be hearing from a variety of best-selling authors, well-known pastors, international speakers, all kinds of 
people that you love to hear from all on the topic of discovering God's will for your life. So again, answering that same question of, you know, who am I and what did God create me to do and why am I here? So my summer in a nutshell has been getting all of the things ready for all of the busyness that is my life for the next month or two. I'm getting everything ready for the book launch and the conference um, in doing all of that alongside also all of the mom stuff. So I have three kids who are all elementary, middle school aged right now. So they are home with me during the summer. And now finally they're back to school so that I can kind of catch up on a little bit. But over the summer, we've been doing lots of baseball and soccer and pop schools mm-hmm. and all the kids stuff that makes life so fun when you have kids the same. So it's a lot, um, but I love it and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. Sounds like a lot. I was exhausted listening to that. <laughs> So I, I've asked you this before because you were a guest before, but for someone that um, has not heard you on my podcast, they know that I'm going to ask you, looking back in your life, how far back can you see the very purpose that you're living out today in who you have always been? Well, I, I'm going to give the same answer that I did last time, and that is that I looking back, can see it from the very beginning, but I didn't realize it at the time. So now doing what I'm doing now with having um, my website at equippinggodlywomen.com, where I challenge, encourage, and equip Christian women to go all in on their faith and family. Um, That's not something that I ever set out to do. I didn't start as a young child saying, oh, I'm going to grow up and be a writer, or I'm going to go be a conference speaker, any of the things. I just was a normal kid. I didn't have any big plans for my life. I just, you know, kind of did what normal kids do. I went to school, I went to college, um, I had a family and I did things and I never planned on creating this big ministry. It was only now that I'm here looking back, I can see, you know, God really did prepare me for all of the things that I'm doing now all along the way. So I'm helping moms. Well, along the way, God made me a mom and I am teaching women how to love the Bible and how to live it out. Well, along the way, God had me go to school to be a teacher. I didn't end up in a classroom, but I can see so many of the interests and desires and the experiences that he's had that he's put in my life all throughout the years. Now I'm using all of those, even though at the time I had no idea that God had anything planned. So it's really exciting to be able to look back and to see, you know, even when I didn't know what God had planned, even when I had no idea what the future held for me. And even right now, looking forward, I, you know, I have some ideas, but I don't know, you know, what's in the future. So it's just so exciting to say, you know, God knew all along, he had a plan. He was figuring it out. He was putting the pieces to place, even when I didn't know then. Um, And sometimes we don't know. We just have to walk in faith, take the next step, just kind of see what options are out there. And then eventually you get to a place where you look back and you were like, oh, this all makes sense. God knew what he was doing the whole time. I love hearing that and hearing other people's stories too. Just is so confirming that God is just right there all along the time, all along our path. Um, It's just not, you know, something that was thought of as we went along. It's comforting to know that. So last time you were with me, we shared uh, five common misconceptions that prevent us from loving God's word. That is from your book, Fall in Love with God's Word. And the notes to that podcast are going to be, or the links are going to be in the show notes. But that book is really kind of like what you mentioned is a fundamental first step because we're going to be discussing how to follow God's will. But um, the first thing is being able to fall in love with God's word. So that book is so crucial. And now, We're going into the second book here, Following God's Will, like you said, coming out in October, which are biblical guidelines for everyday life. And I love how your ministry equips women with the tools to know 
what it means to fall in love with God's word. And now with the tools to take from that and add these next tools to pursuing his will. Um, I love how this ties in with your ministry name. So how did you come up with starting or how did you come up calling your ministry godly, equipping godly women? How has that always been God's will in your life? Well, that's such an interesting question because the way that I came up with the name was honestly, I sat at a computer and I was like, I don't know what to call this thing. I don't know what I'm creating. I know I want to write. I know I want to encourage moms. I know that um, I want to do something online, but I didn't know what it looked like when I first started. And I think a lot of times people get this idea that they think, oh, I need to know what God's plan for me is. I need to discover what that big thing is. And then I need to get my whole action step plan. Okay. Steps one, two, three, four, five. This is what I'm going to do in order. I'm going to have it all mapped out. I have all the resources that I need. And then I'm going to go ahead and get started. And that's just not how it works at all. In my experience, maybe sometimes it does. Um, But in my experience, what I've seen is that God doesn't always tell us where he's calling us until we are doing it. And that certainly wasn't my experience. I didn't know that I was going to build this platform or this ministry. Like that wasn't my plan. I was just a mom at home with babies and I found out that you could start a little blog. And I was like, oh, well, I have time during nap time. I'm not doing anything. This will be a fun, cute little hobby. Like I'll just start this something to do. And so when it came to the name of equipping Godly women, I just sat down to write the about page and I was like, okay, what do I call this thing? I don't know. I'll just start typing. What do I want to talk about? And, um, I just started typing. And as I was typing the phrase, like in the middle of a paragraph, the phrase like we're equipping godly women. I was like, yes, that is it. That's what I want to do. So it wasn't that I had this whole plan ahead of time. It was really learned through doing it. Um, my website and my ministry look a lot different now than when I first started it. I didn't know all of the things that I would do. I just knew I wanted to help women. Um, and I knew I could take the first step. I could start a blog. I could write some cute little blog posts and then go from there. And what I found is that all of the doors that I walked through later didn't open until I had already taken those first steps. Mm. I never saw the whole path. It was okay. Here's something that I could do. Here's something that's right in front of me. Here's an opportunity I could take. I have no idea what will happen. I mean, I've done plenty of things that didn't pan out. Um, I've done plenty of things that weren't really a, a huge success. There's plenty of things that I've tried that haven't gone anywhere and that's fine. Um, but it really has been a matter of trying different things. Okay. I'll try this. And then when I try something, then another door opens and another opportunity opens. So it really is a matter of continually seeking God's will and everything. Not that he gives us the whole entire blueprint on day one. Um, but we say, okay, God, what do you want from me today? What is my next step? What are you calling me to in this next season? Where do you want me to be right now? And not waiting until we feel ready, not waiting until we have all of the answers or all of the blueprint or all of the anything, just, okay, God, what's my next step? What opportunities are right in front of me that I'm not even noticing or seeing? Mm -hmm. And then being brave enough and bold enough to just say, I'm going to go try this thing. I don't know if it'll lead anywhere. I don't know if it's like God's whole big plan for my whole entire life, but here's an opportunity right in front of me. I could try this and we can see where it goes. Yeah. There's so many things I was thinking of. I love how you said it's not God's it's not something for my whole life, but God might not need you to do that your whole life. He might just need you to do it right now for this person mm-hmm. in front of you for this. It's just for this one event. And God's like, this is where I need you right now. And maybe you're not going to be doing events your whole life, but today you are. And when you were talking like that, uh, the, I kept seeing um, Jesus at the, at the pool and just saying, mm-hmm. just t- pick up your bed and walk, yeah. just pick up your bed and walk. 
I, you know, that man didn't know what that meant. He didn't know what his future was. He, God didn't say you're going to walk and then you're going to go do this. And then you're going to go do that. He just said, do you want to walk? Then pick up your bed and go. And so I just kept thinking, that's what you did. You just, you just, you just opened up your computer and started a blog. And God's like, that's all I asked you to do today. Yeah. So I love that, that analogy that was going through my brain there. But like I mentioned last time, we talked about these misconceptions that keep us from loving God's word. And one that we, once we've really gotten to the point where we love God's word, then what God loves should come naturally for us. And we're told that above all, God wants us to love our neighbor. And I love how in both of your books, you really pay attention to how we can get caught up on the rules and which should we do? And should we do this right? And if I love my neighbor, what could this mean? Do I do it this way? But there's a lot of misunderstandings in the Christian world of just what it means to love our neighbors, doesn't it? Absolutely. So when you look at our, whether it's our society as a whole or even Christians, there's so many misunderstandings about what it means to love your neighbor. And there's so many opinions. And the crazy thing is that so many of the opinions are completely contradictory. So just to give you a few examples, um, some people believe that loving others means accepting others exactly as they are. Whereas other people believe that loving others means bluntly pointing out their faults and their failures so that they have an opportunity to do better. Now, obviously those two are completely contradictory and yet there are maybe instances where you might just want to be accepting and just not worry about people's faults for a minute. And then there are opportunities where it would be appropriate to point out other sins and failures. But the problem comes when we get so far in one perspective that we miss the nuance of the whole. So a lot of times people will say things like, oh, well, Jesus was really nice and he never judged anyone. Well, if you read the Bible, that's not entirely true. Like, yes, he was very kind and he was very loving. But to say that Jesus was just this really nice guy who never had any problems with anybody is just not biblical. There's plenty of times where he says things that are very shocking and that are very controversial. And so it's really a matter of not taking our own perspectives to the text and putting those on Jesus and saying, oh, well, love looks like this. So I'm going to go in the Bible and cheer pick examples of this is exactly what it looks like. And instead getting into God's word. And that's why, as you said a minute ago, it all starts with getting into God's word and loving God's word, because the Bible doesn't give us this step-by-step instruction manual with exact definitions of here is exactly how you love your neighbor on Tuesday, September 17th or whatever day (laughs) you need to go across the street to XYZ blue house on the corner. And you need to give them a cup of coffee with two packets of sugar. Like the Bible doesn't give us that because that's not the purpose of the Bible. Instead, the Bible gives us so much example of this is who God is. This is his character. This is what he's like. Um, Here are general guidelines that these are the ways that you should go. Go this way because it is so good for you. Do not go this way because it will not end well for you. Like I'm already telling you, don't go this way. Um, And it has so many examples and parables and stories. And as we read these, we learn more about who God is. And that's what helps us to love others so that we are not just falling into these traps where we just have the one aspect of it, which maybe that's a part of the whole, but it's just one aspect where you say, oh, well, I need to go tell everyone how wrong they are. I need to make sure that they're following the truth, or I need to make sure that they are not teaching wrong things. Like, yes, there's a time for that, but I think it all comes back to getting in God's word and seeing how did Jesus treat people as a whole, not just in one instance, how did he treat people? And for me, the definition that I've kind of stuck with for myself is 
For me, loving people means respecting the inherent worth and dignity of individuals as human beings created in the image of God. All of us are created by our creator. We are all Mm. loved. Um, And just the fact that we are all created human beings, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We all do a lot of dumb things. Um, We all offend people. We all fall short in so many ways, but we're all created by God. Um, And I know as a mother that I would never, ever, ever want anybody to be rude to my children or to be so horrible and mean to them. Even if my kids like did something to start it, which I mean, their kids, sometimes things happen. Um, Even if my kids did something to start it as a mother, I never want to see anybody like being mean to my children. Those are my children. I love them. And we have to think about also, that's how God feels about us. Like we're his children, whether we've accepted him or not um, to have that father-child relationship with him. We're created by him. God created us. So even the people who get on your nerves, even the people who you see them on social media or the politicians or the news people or whoever that drive you crazy, those are human beings created in the image of God and they're not perfect and neither are you. Um, But I think it comes down to just respecting the inherent worth and dignity of people looking out for what's best for them. Um, Not just what you think is best for you, but um, acting in ways that are respectful and loving towards others and giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that really is the purpose of the gospel, that it's not just this checklist of do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, that the two most important commands of all of scripture are love God and love others. If you Whatever you do, if you are not loving God, if you are not loving others, you've missed the whole entire point. I don't care if you keep every single other command throughout all of scripture, if you missed this, like that's the main idea. So I think it all comes down to this is how do we love other people well? And whatever decisions we make after that, as we're trying to figure out how do I live out God's will for my life, if we're not loving God, if we're not loving his people, we're doing it wrong. So I think it really just starts there. Preach. <laughs> that was a wonderful. Um, you know, I work with people, mostly women, who believe that they have got to go in search of their mm. calling. Um, I've heard the phrase, I think we've all heard it, I need to find myself, or I'm gonna take some season to figure myself out, those kind of phrases and comments. And they constantly second guess their calling um and understanding God's will. It's just one more thing, if they're thinking, okay, not only do I not know my calling, I don't know God's will. I think that's part of the enemy's ways to keep us lost, to keep us constantly thinking that we have to search for something. And a lot of uh, the women that I talk to will say, you know, that they're in one role and it ends and now they don't have a purpose. So they'll believe that that role was their purpose. And I know in this book, you share three common myths about God's will what are they and how does understanding those myths uh, determine what God's will actually is? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think that there is a big tendency in our society to evaluate or to um, think that our role or our entire purpose in life to get that wrapped up in our our identity and wrapped up in our specific role that we have. And God can give us, and he does give us these roles and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. And yes, God may call you to be a mother for a time, or he may call you to work or to volunteer. And these roles are important, but at the end of the day, those are just one role that God has called us to do. And as I said, a minute ago, our primary calling really comes down to what God tells us are the two most important commandments of all love God 
and love others. And you can do that no matter what role you're in. You can love God and love others, whether you are single, whether you are married, whether you have children, whether your children are grown, whether you were never able to have children or you never wanted children. You could have them if you, you could follow these commands. If you work outside the home, if you're stuck inside the home um, or some kind of combination of the two. So our primary purpose, I think you mentioned a minute ago how people want to figure out who am I? I think that's honestly a really good pursuit to have. Who am I? But we need to make sure that when we are on that pursuit, that it's not a matter of just figuring out what labels are on us, but figuring out who did God create us to be? Who am I in relation to God? Who does God say that I am? And just starting there. God says that I am a child of God, that I am beloved. Um, Scripture says that God dances over us with singing. Um, There's just so many beautiful verses that that tell us who we are in God. And those things don't change no matter what season of life we're in. Um, There are things in our lives that do change, though, and that how going back to what you asked a minute ago, the three big myths about God's will, I think we can sometimes not find what we're looking for because we're looking for the wrong thing. So the first myth that I talk about in my book, follow God's will is that God only has one will for your entire life. So often we look for this one big overarching, does he want me to be a missionary? Does he want me to be a pastor? Does he want me to be a mother? Does he want me to be a bank teller or an auto mechanic or what is it he wants me to be? Well, God wants you to be a lot of things throughout the course of your life because he wouldn't just create you and have you live for 80, 90 years and only use like 20 of them for his purpose. No, God doesn't let things go to waste that way. So maybe his purpose for you today, well, it is his purpose for you today to love God and love others. That's his purpose for you every single day of your life. That's never going to change. But maybe he does have a job for you to do or a role for you to fulfill a relationship for you to have. But sometimes that's going to change over over the course of your life. The way you follow God when you're 10 is not going to look the same as the way you follow God when you're 20 or you're 40 or you're 80 or you're 100 if you are blessed to live that long. It's going to change, not because things are wrong, but because God has people who live for a long time and he can use them for a a variety of ways throughout the seasons. So um, I would caution people to avoid looking for that one big thing which maybe there is. And he'll let you know, like, that's not going to let you miss your calling. If he wants you to do the thing, he will let you know. Um, You're not going to miss it. But rather than looking for that one big thing, I think it would be helpful to take a step back and say, what does God want me to do today? If I had to ask myself 15 years ago, you know, what did God want me to do for my entire life? I don't know. I have no idea. Like those doors weren't open for me yet. But instead I had to ask, what can I do today? Oh, I can start a little blog. Oh, I can start a podcast. Oh, I can start hosting these conferences. Um, And none of those things were on my radar. They weren't available to me first. I couldn't have said, oh, this is the thing I want to do. And there's more things that I'll do in the future that aren't available to me right now. Like I'm not in that season yet. Um, But it's just taking a step back and seeing, okay, I don't have to figure out. It's not up to me to go find the whole huge thing that God's calling me to do in my entire life. I just need to know how can I serve God today, right where I am, right where he has placed me. How can I love God and love others and to listen to his guidance and his leading and just follow him. And he will lead you where you need to be when it's time to be there. And in the meantime, just serve him where you are. 
Um, the second myth is that God's will always involves a big decision. So sometimes it does. Maybe he is asking you to be an overseas missionary and that's a big decision, but sometimes maybe it's just to write a letter to a friend who's been feeling really down lately and you just want to encourage them. And he placed you there so that you could do that. Maybe you see your neighbor taking the trash can out and you're like, oh, I haven't talked to my elderly neighbor in a while. I should go do that. And it really brightens up their day because God knew your neighbor would need someone and look at you, you're right next door. Like you are, are that person. God has placed you there. Um, so it doesn't have to be this big thing. It could just be this little thing where God needs something a little done and you're there and that's your job for the day. And I would caution people to not miss out on those little things that are still so important because you're only thinking about, well, I don't have the big directions yet. Well, that's okay. Do the little things while you wait. And then the third one is that God's will is always super spiritual, difficult, or weird. Sometimes it is. Sometimes God asks us to do weird things. Um, God asked Joshua to march around Jericho seven times. That was pretty weird. So not saying it can never be weird. Sometimes it is. Um, but sometimes again, it's just those little things that aren't weird at all. Maybe you're going to donate some of your um, old baby clothes and toys or canned goods to somebody, um, to a food pantry, or you're going to sign up to volunteer. Um, it's the start of a new school year. So maybe you're getting papers from your kid's school where they're saying, Hey, we need volunteers for this. And you're like, Oh, well, I guess I could do that. And it doesn't seem like a big thing. Well, if you could do it, maybe you're the person who God is asking to do it and you never know what could come out of that. So I would just caution people not to get so caught up on what is the big thing I need to know all of the steps and like the whole main idea, the whole blueprint, but no, how can I love God and love others right where I am today? What opportunities are right in front of me? Um, and use the waiting season as growing season mm -hmm. to just, God's going to prepare you. He's going to make sure you have everything you need and he's not going to pull you until it's time. Um, so just using that waiting season. Well, oh, that's wonderful. I love that. And I'm, sometimes I think also in, when I've been talking to people, um, they get confused with living out the will of God as it, uh, the will of God is an income. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they'll be like, well, I'm just in this job temporarily. I'm waiting for God's calling. Well, maybe this job right now is God's calling yeah. and, and is calling, like you said, to take, to help take the trash out. People miss that because they think, oh, my calling will bring in an income. Not necessarily. Your calling is helping someone right here, right now with just what they need and not to confuse the two. It can bring in an income, but that doesn't mean that the will of God is an income stream. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the world needs people who work outside of Christian ministry. Yes, we do need pastors. Yes, we do need missionaries and all kinds of authors and speakers and all those things. But could you imagine a world where we're all just pastors? Like no. society would fall apart. Um, I do work in Christian ministry. I love it. But um, my children go to school and they need teachers. Um, they need school supplies and I need to go buy them from a store with workers who work there. Like I need some days I need, um, the grocery store or the takeout. Like I need these things in my life. And so having somebody there, I need doctors for my children yeah. when they have like a dentist appointment or they have, um, you know, heaven forbid that something happens to them. Like the world needs these things. Um, it reminds me, I forget which exact chapter it's in, but where it talks about, you know, God created us all differently and as hands and feet and eyeballs and liver, you know, the word liver is not in the Bible, but God created us all differently. Like we need all of these roles. The body of Christ doesn't function together. 
if it wasn't for all of us working together, I actually um, had a really great example of this that I shared in my previous book, Fall in Love with God's Word, where I went to a Christian women's conference and I went in and they gave us these little table tents. And they said, on your table tent, on the front side, write something that you are very good at. And on the back side, write something that you like struggle with or need help with. And then I was like, okay, you know, sure, whatever. We're talking about what we're good at. That's great. And then at the end of her session, she said, okay, now look around and see what those of you who like everybody, you need help with something, look around, get matched up. Who is really good at something that you struggle in? Um, if you are somebody who organization is not your thing, somebody else is really great at organization. If you are somebody who hates to cook, um, somebody else is really great at that. And that was just such a beautiful example for me of, um, God didn't create us all the same. We're not supposed to be the same. That would be so boring if all of us did and wasteful and redundant. If all of us were the exact same or did the exact same thing instead, God created us all uniquely with our own unique talents and gifts and abilities. And some of them are very spiritual and some of them are not spiritual. And that's fine because we need all of them. And it's so beautiful when the body of Christ works together and um, you partner up with other Christian women or non-Christian women. And you say, Hey, I'll watch your kids. You cook me some meals or I'll help you with this. And you help me with that. And when we all fit together that way, it's just so beautiful. Yes. And we do need livers because they take out the toxins. Mm -hmm, And so we've got to have livers out there in the world that can bring out the toxins in our life. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that cracked me up. So um, you have some questions. It's, oh, you know, when we feel like, okay, is this God's will? It's God's will. Um, We, you've got to stop. You do need to stop and put it to scripture. And we don't have time to do all the questions, but I would love you to just say, hey, here's a couple of questions. And in the book, of course, they can find the all of them. Because like, is there six of them? There's lots of them. Yeah. (laughs) Questions that we can ask ourselves to determine if we're hearing God correctly. Yeah, this is a great question because so often... Um, either we feel like we hear nothing when we say, I have no idea. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like, where do I even begin? But sometimes we might feel like, okay, I have this opportunity right in front of me, but I'm not sure. I'm honestly in my own life right now. Like as we record this thinking the same thing, because as we're in the back to school season and my children's school has sent out the volunteer packet, what does everyone want to volunteer for? And I volunteered last year. It was a good experience. And so right now I'm like, as not at this exact minute, but you know, these days I'm praying like, okay. Here's an opportunity that is right in front of me. I know exactly which one I would pick, but is this God's will for my life in this season or is it not my turn this year? Um, I would love to do it. Do I have time to do it? Like, it's a good thing. I would love to volunteer. Should I volunteer? It's something I, I haven't decided yet. Maybe by the time, you know, this all wraps up, I will decide. I have not decided yet. So to give you these questions, the first question you want to think about if you have an opportunity in front of you and you're like, I don't know if this is God's will, should I pursue this or not? The very first thing you want to ask is, does it help me love God and love others? If the answer is no, the answer is no, like this would not work. Um, if it is not loving towards God, if it's not loving towards others, then no, that's not the right thing for you. Um, not that everything again has to be super spiritual, but if it like harms your relationship with God or harms your relationship with others, like, no, don't go there. Um, other things you can ask yourself, does the thought idea or action line up with scripture? So if you say, you know, my husband hasn't been paying very much attention to me lately. There's this guy at work who's really cute and he has been giving me a lot of attention. And I don't know, like, it's not, we're not doing anything wrong. Like, is this appropriate? No, this doesn't line up with scripture. It doesn't line up with wisdom. It's not a wise decision. Um, does it make sense in light of what God has already asked you to do? This is the one that I am thinking through right now. So God already 
has put on my schedule, this conference that's coming out in September. I'm really excited about, I have a book coming out in October. I have three children. Um, I have things that I'm doing with my life. Is there room for another thing? Because God's not ever going to ask you to do something that conflicts with what he has already asked you to do. If he has called you to be a mother, he's not going to call you to do something that is going to not allow you to be a good mother anymore. Yes, he will call you to things that will stretch you. Yes, he will call you to things that will require you to partner with other people. Like we said earlier, you know, you watch my kids, I'll cook the meal, that kind of thing. Um, He will absolutely stretch you. He will absolutely require you to get help sometimes, but he's never going to call you to do something that takes you away from what he has already called you to do. Um, So just asking questions like that, does it line up with God's word? Is it a wise choice? What are the likely outcomes of this choice? Is it good for me? Is it good for others around me? What is likely to happen? Yeah, those are great, great reminders. I love that, that he's not going to continue to keep calling you to do things that will diminish what he's already placed you in. I love that. And so you brought up a good point, you know, putting it to scripture, um, because that's another area where like, well, did I read this right? Am I understanding this right? You know, I just moved to a really small town where there's over 160 churches and 24 different denominations, so many different denominations and fundamentals out there. And so a lot of times you can get godly wisdom from a Christian and they say this, and then you can get godly wisdom from another Christian and they say this, and you're like, well, how do I know to really understand scripture correctly? Yeah, this is a great question. And one that is very close to my heart um, because I grew up in one denomination and my husband grew up in a completely different uh, Christian denomination. So marrying him and into his family has been a bit of a culture shock to me, just in the sense that we both read our Bibles. We both take the Christianity very seriously. Both families are very devout. Um, But having conversations with his family where they're like, oh, you read that verse that way? Like, I don't read it that way at all. Um, So I think the biggest thing that we need to remember is that when we get to heaven, there is not going to be an entrance exam to make sure that our beliefs have measured up and are exactly like that we pass the test with flying colors. We're not going to get to the pearly gates and Paul's going to be like, okay, pop quiz. What do you believe about this? What do you believe about this? How did you read this verse? It better be the right way. Like that's not the criteria for getting into heaven. That's not what God looks for. If we remember the verse in first Samuel, where um, the prophet Samuel was going to call King David as the next King before he was the King yet. Um, there's a verse that says the Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance and what everyone else looks at. The Lord looks at the heart. And that's just what I keep coming back to is, you know, we are all different. We have such different and beautiful, unique backgrounds and experiences. Um, You and I are going to read verses and we're going to read them differently. And that's not always a bad thing. There's so much beauty in that. And we're not going to get to heaven and we're not going to get this whole pop quiz. We're going to get to heaven and what God's going to look at is our heart. He's going to say, did you? love me? Did you love my people? Did you do your best with what you had to follow me? Did you try to serve me? What was the posture of your heart every day? Did you wake up and say, God, I know I'm getting a lot of things wrong here, but I'm doing my, like I'm trying. This is the direction. This is the desire of my heart. This is where I want to go. I know that I'm going to get a lot of things wrong. Um, Even the smartest people on in every denomination, 
And this is another thing for me that I'm like, how could I possibly know? Like even the really smart Christians of this denomination and the really smart Christians of this denomination, and there's really smart atheists out there and they're all way smarter than me and they can't figure it out. Like, how could I possibly figure it out? But God doesn't expect us to. That's not the standard. He doesn't get to heaven and pull up his long list and say, okay, how many doctrines did you get right? How many check marks did you get? Did you do enough good things? Did you do enough of the right things? Did you believe enough of the right things? Did you share enough of the right kind of memes on social? media. Like none of that has anything to do with anything. It's, did you love God? Did you love others? Did you seek to follow him to the best of your ability? He's not going to hold you against something that you didn't know because you didn't go to seminary or you didn't have this background experience. You know what you know, and that's all you can be held accountable for. Obviously, I mean, we have resources. We should still always be learning to the best of our abilities. Um, but God doesn't expect us to be perfect. That's not our job. I would love to be perfect. I'm totally a perfectionist. Um, but like, I can't, I, it's not possible for me. So when we get to heaven, I firmly believe God's going to say, you know, did you love me? Did you love my people? What was the posture of your heart? Did you try every day to live out? my calling to the best of your ability with what you had. You don't have all the resources. You don't have all the time. You don't have all the knowledge, but with what you do have, what did you do with what you had? I love that. Being um, raised in one denomination, now going to a completely different denomination. A lot of our differences are not about doctrine. No, I really, all the people that I've talked to who were like, oh, wow, you go to this church now. Um, the issues that people have are mostly with, oh, they believe that, or they believe that. I'm like, you know what, when you look into what they believe and why it actually makes sense. Like I can see where they're coming from and that that's really not the issue. So much of our differences really just come down to culture and some churches of all denominations prioritize like parts of the gospel more than others, not in a bad way. We're just different. Like some people are a little noisier in their worship and some people are a little quieter and some people um, are a little bit better at going out and evangelizing and some are a little bit better at prayer. And um, I don't think that there's a problem with that at all. I think we're just beautiful and unique and varied. And I love learning more about what people believe and why and where that all comes from making sure that we hold to like the core tenants. But beyond that, like there's so much beauty in the diversity of how we live out our faith. Well, that's what I like when Jesus says, I'm the truth mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the way to get to me and the way to get to the fathers through me and, and all churches should. And I have found that they, I think the, most of them that I've attended have, have pointed to Christ mm-hmm. pointed to the truth. Our job in the church is to point to Christ. Yeah. Um, when we're all looking at the right, if I'm at the right church or you're at the right church, God's like, I want you to be pointing to me. Yeah. And just focus on that. But thank you. I am just so, I've just loved our time together. And um, I'm so excited for this conference coming up, um, Called to Act. And we talked about that at the beginning of the show, but all the links are going to be in the show notes. And like I mentioned, um, your book, Fall in Love with God, is a great fundamental first step. And once you fall in love with God, then understanding his will is just a part of that. But where can our listeners find more about your books and your ministries, your podcasts, et cetera? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So my website is equippinggodlywomen.com. That is the main hub that has all of the things. Um, If you are an email person, definitely jump on my email list because I email out a couple of times a week with all of the news. We always have so many fun and exciting things going on. So much encouragement, um, so much practical advice. That is really great. Um, If you want information about the book coming out in October specifically, it is called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. You can find it on Amazon or I would love 
love for you to join us for the Called to Act conference. Um, and you would want to use Sherry's link at sherryfletcher.com slash called to act. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you hop online right now and sign up for Brittany's amazing conference called to act. Maybe you're not sure how the Bible's commands written thousands of years ago apply today. Or maybe you're ready to follow God's will for your life. If only you knew what that was. Friends, God still leads and guides us through the pages of his word. This is why reading scripture is so important. The Bible is the primary way that God still leads and guides us today. We don't want to miss what he's saying. But we aren't just called to read. We are called to act. I know that you'll be blessed by this conference that Brittany has put together. So you can sign up at sherryfletcher.com slash called dash to dash act. See you there. Imagine shifting your focus off of the hard work of trying to prove yourself to the joyful life of knowing your worth. When you join my email list, you will get the free mini guide. One simple way to know you matter today. It is my prayer that you'll be reminded daily of all the ways you matter more than you know. So head on over to sherryfletcher.com click join Sherry at the top of the screen. Already a subscriber? Enter your info anyway to get the new mini guide and you will not get multiple emails. Did you know that you can help others start a spiritual game plan for their lives? When you leave a review and share this podcast, it helps me reach others. I do love hearing from you and I want to know how I can serve you in the best possible way. So be sure to subscribe to the emails and leave reviews. Thank you for tuning in to Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast. I'll see you next Tuesday.